Hello, Nick. How are you? Doing well, boys. How are you doing? Yeah, really well, thank you. And uh, let's review these championship games, which saw Philadelphia and Kansas City triumphant. Uh, let's start in the NFC. So 31-7, to the Eagles over the 49ers, who suffered... Well, I, I, if you call Shanahan, you were probably barely sleeping uh, after the <laughs> quarterback nightmare that was this season. And to have... Well, Brock Purdy, who had just such a, such a stunning start to his career and then suffer all well, a bad injury. He's out for, what, six months after having, what, an elbow injury at a crucial point in the most crucial game of the season. And now the question is, what do they do with the quarterback position going <laughs> forward? It is, oh, It would be a nightmare for him trying to sort this out. Absolutely. Well, just to, to review, the San Francisco 49ers started the season with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. Trey Lance went out for the season. Then Jimmy Garoppolo took over and he got hurt. And then Brock Purdy just kept winning games as the third string quarterback and got them all the way to the NFC Championship game. And then he goes out with a torn elbow in the first quarter of the game. And then the only other quarterback they have on the roster, Josh Johnson, gets a concussion like it felt like 30 (laughs) seconds later. The San Francisco 49ers were in a position in the biggest game of the season where they literally did not have a player that could throw a forward pass on their football team. And so, obviously, that game was going to go exactly the way that game was going to go. It kind of reminds me back. I don't know if you guys had Nintendos when you were growing up, but I had the the Nintendo, right? And if if I was playing Tecmo Bowl, my favorite NFL game on, on the Nintendo... And I and something you know horrible happened in the first quarter. You know I might just I might just move over close and my foot would hit that reset button. Oh, sorry about that. I hit the reset button and the game started over. That's what we needed, guys. I wanted to see a matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles because I thought it was going to be a great matchup. We didn't get a chance to see that because one team couldn't even throw a pass. So. I didn't learn anything about the Philadelphia Eagles in that game, and I wanted to, guys, because I've been telling you for weeks, I want to know how good the Eagles are. Mm -hmm. And I still don't know how good the Eagles are because in the last month, they lost both of their games without Jalen Hurts. Then Jalen Hurts comes back. They beat a mediocre Giants team twice, and then they beat a team without a quarterback in San Francisco. So I have no idea how good the Philadelphia Eagles are. Dick, was that game over for the 49ers as yes. soon as they lost Purdy? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, okay. Game over. Game over. And then doubly game over when Josh Johnson went out because at least he could throw a, a, a forward pass. But keep in mind, Josh Johnson has been with 10 football teams in the last decade. So that's the type of journeyman we're talking about that was playing quarterback for the Niners. How realistic is it that we might see Tom Brady at the 49ers? I think that's the right answer. I think that is the answer for the 49ers if Tom Brady wants to go there. And reports are he wanted to go there before he went to Tampa Bay. So I think it's the perfect scenario for San Francisco. Tom Brady is from California. He would be going home. He would be playing one more year. Just you know, He only signs one, two-year contracts anyway. Sign him to a one-year contract. Make him the starting quarterback for one year. Put Trey Lance and Brock Purdy behind him. Have him, tut- you know, have him be the tutor for both Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. And then the following year, whoever wins the battle between Trey Lance and Brock Purdy becomes the starting quarterback. I think that's the right idea for the Niners because their window of opportunity is right now. 
you see how great a football team the Niners are, except for the quarterback position. And if they just get a guy that can manage and be a leader, um, I think the 49ers could win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. And I don't think, I don't know if there's any other place Tom Brady can go and legitimately win a Super Bowl. It's interesting, Dick, because both Trey Lance and Brock Purdy coming off major injuries, there's, you, you can't be sure that they'll ever be the same player again. That's right. That's right, particularly because Trey Lance is coming off a, a mobility injury, right? A leg injury, and uh, he relies on his, his mobility. You know, Brock Purdy, I, I'm pretty confident he'll be able to return just because, I mean, Purdy doesn't rely on great arm strength anyway. I mean, he relies on his brain. He relies on uh, his ability to get out of the pocket, and I've been very impressed in how he's been able to make some decisions when getting rushed and kind of flushing out of the pocket and making the right play. I'm not sold that Brock, I'm not sold that either one of them are franchise quarterbacks. But I think by bringing in a guy like Tom Brady for a year, you have another 12 months if you're Kyle Shanahan and general manager John Lynch to make the decision on whether Trey Lance or Brock Purdy are franchise guys for the future. The AFC Championship game, and uh, well, it was that last penalty which ensured a Harrison Butker field goal got Kansas City back to the Super Bowl 23 20 over Cincinnati. Uh, to what extent were the Bengals hosed? Not necessarily in that call. Loz and I agree it was the right call, but right. over the course of the game. Well, there, seeming to, there, there seemingly was a lot of penalties that were going against Cincinnati. And I can understand, if you were a Bengal fan, why you might think uh, that they got hosed. But, you know, in, in going back and looking at, at some of those penalties, they really didn't impact the game much. Because, you know, if you, you had the, the do-over play where it was third and nine, and the ref, the back judge, blew the whistle and nobody heard it, and the play resumed and Kansas City was stopped, and then they were able to have another, uh, another crack at it. Well, Kansas City punted on that possession anyway, so there wasn't really any direct play where you felt like it was a bad call that led to points for Kansas City. That being said, if I was a Bengal fan, I'd be upset at the, uh, the officiating. I think more of the ire right now is directed at the problem we have with NFL officials in general. And the problem is NFL officials are not full-time officials, uh, NFL officials are, there's a lot of guys that are in their fifties and even early sixties that are officiating NFL games. And these are issues because now you have so many more cameras, you have super slow-mo replays that are just showing the egregious nature of these calls and these missed calls. And there, there are ways to make officials better. You can train them, you know, you can have them work in the off season doing USFL games or having them do spring games or putting one of those Oculus headsets on them and saying, you are a full-time employee of the NFL. You are going to train for three, four, five hours a day with these headsets on, and you are going to make calls, and you're going to be sharper once the games start in September. And they're just not doing that right now, and there's a big outcry for that to change. Now, Dick, in the lead-up to this game, you always talk about don't give the opposition added motivation and don't throw fuel on the fire. Now, was it some of the... Bengals players that was talking about Burrowhead or was it yeah Burrowhead Stadium or was it more just the the mayor of Cincinnati talking about that <laughs> it was a combination of both but anytime you have a tiny little you know match flame of motivation 
what's going to happen, right? Kansas City is going to throw gasoline on it and make it just much, much bigger than it actually is. And that's what, that's what happened. I mean, you can have one or two comments. You can have that proclamation by the mayor, which, uh, you know, was, was entertaining, but uh, certainly did not help the cause. <laughs> As you had uh, Travis Kelsey going, you know, calling him out by name on the, uh, on the field after the, after the game. But certainly Kansas City was a very, very motivated team. And being the perceived underdog, and you can, you know, you can argue whether they were really the underdog or not. I mean, I, I kind of felt like, you know, when I picked Kansas City this Sunday, when I was on with you on Monday, they kind of, it kind of felt like an underdog pick. I kind of felt like I was picking both underdogs in these games because it seemed like the public was really pushed towards Philly and the public was really pushed towards Cincinnati. And we've got the same situation coming up in the Super Bowl. I feel like I think I can get Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, a top five quarterback in NFL history and a top, potentially a top five coach, particularly if he wins this game in NFL history. And I'm the underdog. I, you know, I thrive on picks like that. I love that situation. I can't believe they'll be underdogs. I mean, Mahomes will be fitter than what he was last week, and he's got an extra, what, a week to get right because there's, what, 14 days between the game and the Super Bowl. So you'd think that he'll come up close to 100% fit, and he's the best quarterback by far. Yes, and, and I, I worry about his targets a little bit, his wide receivers, because remember, a couple of them were injured before the game. A couple of them went out during the game. I mean, he had no Juju Smith-Schuster. He had no McCole Hardman. He had no Justin Watson. I mean, he was throwing to absolute no-names other than Travis Kelsey, the tight end. Now, Marquez Valdez-Scandling made a couple of really big catches for Mahomes late in that game. But Valdez Scandling was a castaway from Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers was like, we don't have any good wide receivers. We got to get rid of this guy. So he goes to Kansas City, and here he is going to the Super Bowl after making some big plays. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers is doing who knows what in the, in the wilderness right now. Yeah, it'll be fascinating. We'll do obviously have a full Super Bowl preview next week, but it'll be fascinating to see how the betting moves uh, in the next week or so. So at the moment, it's one and a half with us. The Eagles, the minus. Kansas City, plus one and a half. And it's a dollar eighty against $2 in that head-to-head market as it stands. But, uh, just in the NBA, we're not far away from the trade deadline. And uh, uh, we'll be watching Paddy Mills. Uh, he's sort of fallen out of the rotation there at Brooklyn, even though he had a good game yesterday against the Lakers, considering there are a couple of players out. So he got more minutes. But uh, what teams do you think will make big, big moves? And what players in particular are the ones to watch heading towards this trade deadline? Well, that's interesting because everybody's talking about the Lakers are the team that, that needs to make trades, and they certainly need to uh, to upgrade their talent. There's no question. They're just way too LeBron James-centric. And even when LeBron James does take over, and I did see that uh, foul now that I wasn't able to comment on when I was on with you guys on Monday, and that was... Uh, that was pretty egregious. I mean, I don't think I don't think LeBron needed to react quite the way that he reacted, but uh, still, that was a that was an egregious call. But they're slip slip sliding away. If they, if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to have to improve themselves. I, I think Portland's going to have to do the same. And really, all those teams, guys, that are in that seven through 11, 12 in the Western Conference, because the Western Conference is really truly wide open. I don't think the East is. I think the East is pretty well set. You got you got Boston, you got Milwaukee, you got Philadelphia, 
And then a distant fourth, you've got Brooklyn. And I don't think any of those other teams in the East should even bother trying to make trades to improve themselves because they're not going to be better than those teams that I just mentioned. In the West, though, it's wide open because you have teams with really very limited or no playoff winning experience like Sacramento, like Memphis, like Denver, like New Orleans that are all standing in there in the playoff race. And there's what? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There are 10 teams separated by four games in the standings right now. So I think that's where you will see teams making moves in that range between the Clippers all the way down to the Lakers in the Western Conference. Those are the teams to watch for because one savvy move can can elevate a team out of that pack to where they could finish as high as four or five in the Western Conference. And just in golf, Dick, Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed, they really set the scene <laughs> for more live v establishment animosity for 2023 there at the Dubai Desert Classic last week. Well, this is where we need to see, uh, you know, the match that we've had in the past, you know, where you have two on two and it's always like Tom Brady against Peyton Manning and, you know, Rory against Tiger and stuff like that. We need a PGA versus live match. <laughs> we need Tiger Woods, Patrick Reed, Rory McIlroy, and Greg Norman. How about that for a match? <laughs> How would that be? You'd need security. <laughs> Yeah, bring it on. It's fascinating, guys. It's absolutely fascinating. And I'm really interested. It's kind of the one one place in sports that I'd like to fast forward five years and find out what the golf world looks like. Is it really going to continue to be fractured like this? Where we And, and now we've got Rory McIlroy's league that he's kind of starting, this uh, video game type league that he's starting. He's getting bigger names in it. It's going to be interesting to see how golf uh, ends up. I mean, I'm still a PGA Tour fan first, but... We now have Live Golf on a television network here for the first time. It wasn't even on TV last year here, but we had a network pick it up. And so uh, I think some eyeballs, particularly this week, Definitely. will be tuned to that tournament in Saudi Arabia because the Pebble Beach tournament is awful. I mean, other than, other than Jordan Spieth and Matthew Fitzpatrick and Victor Hovland, there is nobody playing at Pebble Beach this week. Yeah, wow. Mate, thanks so much as always. Chat next week ahead of the Super Bowl. Sounds good, guys. We'll see you.